folks, to episode 180 of the Morgan Official Forbes Feed Podcast. And I am Arturo Padilla. Copy. I am excited about this episode, guys. Yes. Excited. Yes. Um, this is uh, just before text gets us rolling. This is the first all horror episode we had in uh, in quite a while, so I'm pretty stoked about that. So, Tex, what do we got for the coming attractions this week for you folks? Yeah. Howdy, everybody. Howdy, Arturo. Like, uh, coming attractions, We let's start with the Long Legs trailer. So, this is... Uh, Long Legs is a new project with Micah Moreau and Nicolas Cage in it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming to... I forget what the distribution is, who the production company is. But, I think it's um, Neon, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Because yeah. they, they started out with, like, releasing, like, tons of little teaser posters with, like, uh, ominous words mm-hmm. yep. with them. And then and then we got this trailer that's – it's all vibes once again. You know, again, we got, a, we got yeah. another all vibes trailer. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's very chopped up, you know, a very um, uh, cut up. You don't know exactly what's going on. Um, as Tex mentioned, it is all vibes. Um, yeah. It, like, the vibes are there, right? Like, yes. the vibes are there. The stars are there, right? Micah Monroe, one of my favorites, and Nicolas Cage, one of our favorites here at the Morgue and Corp Seed. And like, you know, we love Nick Cage here. Um, but like again, I I, I like vibes, Tex. I'm a vibes kind of guy as well. But right. um, uh, I also like to see what the kind of uh what the linear story um that we're kind of headed into here. Obviously, it sounds like there's a serial killer kind of thing or a um a mess or some killings going on and Michael Monroe seems to be like a a detective or a cop or something looking into a case. I don't know. But the vibes are definitely there. Um every time I check this trailer out on YouTube, the thumbnail for it shows Nick Cage as a scarecrow kind of looking character. I don't know if somebody um, like stop the frame because there is a frame there where there is right. a figure you know it seems like they stopped the frame and you know completely you know brightened up the color there so i don't know if that's something yeah, to do with it <laughs> i'm wondering too because like you know there are uh symbols and stuff that spell out long legs in the trailer so yes. is it like oh is this like a witch thing you know, a witch bringing like a monster to life kind of situation, right? Because you know, th- that's watching this. It's like, what's the gimmick, right? It's like, what yes, what is exactly. the what is the story? What is the draw here? Yep. And that could be it. it. As Nicholas Cage is the evil alive scarecrow. Who who knows? I don't know. I'm I'm wondering what's going on. You know, Nicholas Cage is doing something, obviously. So you know, yeah, his we, voice comes we'll, at the end too of the trailer. You know, like uh, sounding yes. all you know. Nick Cagey and creepy and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I am really curious to see what transpires with this one. I'm I'm more curious to see what the second trailer holds, right? Um, yeah. And like, uh, what's the gimmick, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Th- it's that's all it is. Is what is the gimmick here? And yeah. I I guess we'll just wait and see. And speaking of gimmicks, right? So the next up, uh, I should say next up on our uh, on our queue here for coming attractions, folks, we have the prequel to A Quiet Place, um, A Quiet yes. Place Day One. Now, I think we've gone on record, um, I think last week or a couple episodes ago, we spoke a little bit about it when we got a teaser for A, a Quiet yeah. Place Day One. Um, and uh, we did speak how, you know, you know, 
part two was, you know, was all right, you know, it was, you know, it was there, um, but it didn't really kind of do much for me specifically and text also, for, you know, for him as to like, you know, we didn't, we weren't curious to see, you know, what else was going on there. But, um, but all that being said, Tex, um, this trailer does look kind of cool. <laughs> the movie looks kind of watchable with this trailer, right? Uh, yeah, like, that's the thing. It's a, a quiet place. By the end of part two, I was like, ah, I got everything I needed out of it. Sa- yeah. Same thing we said during our movie preview. Please go listen to that episode. It's, you know, I, I feel exactly the same even after the trailer, but there's that part of me that's also in that same camp as you, Arturo, where it's like, ah, this might be a good movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it- right? It's it's the gimmick. That's yes, the thing, right? It it's, is. It's, it's the gimmick. Uh, yes. I mean, speaking back 1, to gimmick. Here, uh, a part one, or yeah, like a day one deal. You know, day one in part two was like the most interesting part, is seeing how it all started, right? But yes, exactly. Now, now we're in like a city location where you know everything's going to be super loud and like. You know, and the Lupita Nyong'o's character has has a cat with her, so like, yeah, the whole time about it's her not a baby. It's not a baby um, that's going to be the thing. It's going to be a cat this time, right? Where it's like, oh, is that cat going to get eaten? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. I don't see the cat after a while when, you know, when things go down, that cat is 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 not in her hands as she's yeah. running away. So, um, but I am curious about her character, um, uh, you know, w- whether she is also deaf um, because there doesn't seem to be any dialogue, um, you know, probably purposely uh, in the trailer here. And we see our, our man here, right? You know, John Mahansu back in the picture, right? Yes. Um, reprising his role. So we see exactly where he started as well. So uh, it it looks cool. We have a, uh, you know, we have a solid cast already with, you know, with Hansu and, you know, Nyong'o already there. Um, th- that alone is like, okay, we, we have the star power here. We have the acting prowess behind the story here. But what is the story? Behind the cool visuals and all that stuff, you know? Um you know, yeah, you see the the. I think that's uh, it could be the Brooklyn Bridge. You know, just going down, burning. Um, right, and it looks really cool. So yes, we get that, um, and that's probably gonna be maybe right in the beginning of the movie. So well, what's I don't the know. Rest of Who it knows? Going, right, that could be the movie. You know, I I don't know. I'm I'm wondering how much of the like. I don't think it's going to be a just in the beginning type of deal. If they're mm. gonna get the full mileage out of it, I I want that to be extended like i i want that to be the thing because that was the most interesting part of part two is yeah. seeing people's first reactions to it and there are interesting twists you can take with this you know like how how is someone who doesn't know sign language communicating right it's like are you are you giving us a main character who's gonna like draw pictures or something you know it there are there are approaches to this idea that could work it's just you know keeping it interesting yeah and, uh, i think you know because because we already had two movies of this silent gimmick right so it's like you know how are you gonna how are you gonna pull it off for a third one what are you gonna yeah change? because obviously like you know people won't know that uh you know you have to be quiet around these things yeah. right um yeah. but i i still think that whole sequence we got in the city there could be um, right there in the first act, and then you know we're we're, we're gonna go into a uh, a hiding mode kind of you know being quiet thing here. Well, so that's that's fine. I I just hope because you know you call it day one. I hope it's day one. 
You know, but but I hope again, yeah. like, yes, I want more of that, like, you know, extraterrestrial, like, I just landed on Earth. I'm here right. to tear everything up. You know what I mean? Like, I want that throughout. I don't think we're going to get it. It's because you think we're, we're getting a third hiding around movie. Yeah, it, it just Oof. seems like that's the trajectory, like whether the hiding around starts in the middle of act two. You know, or at right. you know, or at the end after they figure out, it's like, oh snap, we have to be quiet. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. know. Um. So, um, I am curious about that. Again, I I'm kind of hyped because the trailer makes it look kind of watchable here, and um, it's uh, it's I think they wouldn't bring it back if they didn't have a solid idea, right? That's that's the hope. It's they wouldn't, but also. Why wouldn't they, right? Because yeah. a, a Quiet Place has done so well for them. Part two, even even after, you know, part two was hit by like the pandemic. pandemic it got delayed yeah. by like a whole what was it? It was like a year or might yeah. have been two years that it was delayed. Um, yeah, that like like when it finally came out and it still did well. So a third one with you know with bankable stars like Nupita Nyong'o and uh the guy from Stranger Things uh what's his name um Eddie I don't know Munson. his name but but Eddie yeah yeah Eddie look <laughs> this is for you baby we miss you Eddie yeah. we miss you I mean you know kudos on him for turning his one Stranger Things season into like yeah, a career dude. right cuz like yeah. Yo, cause, cause that's the other thing too you know, we could we could talk about a little detour about Stranger Things right cuz yeah, let's do it Stranger Things 5 is now filming, you know, they, they are doing it now. And the like, final one, too. Yeah, legit final season. Yeah. I don't know. It depends how they'll release it. They might, Netflix might pull a here's part one and here's part two kind of thing. Oh. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, no, just, just like looking at all those kids' careers where it's like, um, you know, only a few of them managed to break out of that shell, right? So it's like, kudos to any of those stars who were able to turn that into something else. But really, <laughs> but like, let's uh, like also like put it out there since we're talking about it, like really break out like theatrically. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like not just be on Netflix movies like Millie Bobby Brown is, you know, you know, ha- has been doing there. Uh, like she has like a contract with them or them like or something. She's appearing in a yeah, bunch of which stuff. is like it's good, um, but also it's you know it's kind of like if you're a TV star and you're doing more shows with the network. It's yeah, you know, that's, you're, a, you're a bigger you're a bigger TV star. Like good for yes. you. But but to me, yeah, it's it's funny. It's Finn like, is the only one who's who's kind of like just popped out of there and been in a yeah. bunch of theatrical movies. Uh, and, yeah, unless you count like he's David my Harbour. Least favorite. And he's my least yeah. favorite of them all. Yeah, <laughs> like in terms of the kids, right? Like him, yeah. and then uh, you know, if you want to talk like the adults, even like David Harbour is the only one who managed to do something with it, right? Because like you know, um, yeah, you because know, this franchise also brought back. Uh, Winona Ryder. Uh, yes, it also brought back Winona, Winona Ryder to screens, yeah. and unfortunately hasn't resulted in anything else. Right? It's not like a career revival kind of thing. So it is funny to see who ends up popping out right from the from the cast that like gets yeah. these bigger opportunities. And I mean, you know, because I mean, look at the last standout, Billy. Right? The guy who played Billy was like in Power Rangers. Yeah, and then just I was just gonna say. You know? um, uh, yeah. <laughs> What's his name? What's his? Uh, I forgot what his name was. Uh, it was uh, Dakri Montgomery. Yes, yes. Dacre, yeah. 
I was like, you have it's like a drink. It's a drink you can get at the hotels. Yeah, yeah, and it, it is just funny. Just as, that was just a little detour, just of like seeing who pops out of the cast. And I guess you know, this is our way of saying when Stranger Things five comes out, we'll be keeping an eye. Oh, on Sam it, as know? well has popped up. Right, um, she was in um in it. Right. Um, oh yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not an it. Um, she's no, been. Uh, um, she, she was. She was in Fear Street. Like, she yes. popped up there. But, but then, she's uh, been in actual like theatrical movies as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think I. Th- I think she was like in the whale. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know. I might just be like completely throwing that off. But like, good. But for I know her she's she been was. in like you know like in Hollywood stuff. Um, yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's you know it is funny. I, I guess when Stranger Things ends. Uh, where are those kids get you know where where's that cast gonna go where i guess gonna we'll land? See, they right? spent their freaking yeah. lives in that show dude. like they're <laughs> like full-blown adults man like like i'm surprised none of them are married yet with kids and stuff they're, i mean who knows right years this, have know. gone by dude like when did yeah, stranger gonna, things a, a season one drop man yeah that was and, what you know and it's it's all within the pay, uh, like the space of like two three years for them or something like that. Like it was literally like it's not a long time for them. But um, so uh, like that being said, I'm curious what like the show's gonna do about their age because they're you know they're visibly like grown. You yeah, know? <laughs> you can't you can't like write that down, right? Like you can't no, you can't, you can't be like de- yeah, it's like oh great growth spur you had there, you know, eleven like oh yeah. <laughs> And you can't really do like you can't costume them in a way to make them look younger anymore because that that didn't work in season four, right? Like, no, it uh, didn't. just okay. So just as a final uh, uh, coming <laughs> attraction here, that before we get we got way sidetracked, my bad. But I, it's all good. We haven't talked about we haven't talked about Stranger Things five yet, so that was our way of catching up. But um, Imaginary dropped a new trailer. Uh, looks better than the first one. Looks yes, it does. To me, Absolutely, right? it does. Like, it doesn't look so bland and ordinary. The first one, I was really scared um, because the first one was like, oh, man, this <laughs> I mean, looks like. intended, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, not, not like scared not, in my not pants the or something. Good scared. But just yeah. like scared because I, I'm going to have to watch this thing, you know? And it didn't look like something that was going to be very watchable. Um, but this one, this trailer changes things. This trailer shows us a lot more of the the possession of the teddy bear and what's going on yeah. with the teddy bear. We see more of the maliciousness. Um, it's looking good. Honestly, it looks cool. This trailer d- definitely amps up the horror uh, factor in all of the sequences there. The little girl, I'm very impressed with her acting so far. She's looking really cool um, in the trailer. I'm, um, I'm very stoked to see what she can bring throughout the entire movie because she's looking like yeah. she's going to you know, knock it out I of the mean- ballpark here. She's probably going to be an anchor for it, for a lot of the, you know, just yeah. the concept in general. Like, that kid is going to need to be talented in order to pull off, like, the imaginary friend angle. So, yep. ho- here's hoping that it works out. You know, and it is funny that we're getting two imaginary friend movies this year, you know, uh, both with, like, completely wildly different directions. You know, um, th- there's the one directed by... Uh, by Jim from the office. Yeah. You know, speaking of speaking of a quiet Squeaks, place. Be exactly. Speaking of a quiet place, right? Yeah. That's what John fur? Krasinski's was that one called? No, it's called If, which if, is like if, yeah. yeah. I was like, is so, fur? so we're getting <laughs> yeah, it's literally like imaginary and if. Like yeah. we're getting two imaginary friend movies in the same year, but John Krasinski's one is all like comedic and it's a family magical movie, legit, looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, and it looks better. So, but but with imaginary here, I'm hoping that like 
the imaginary friend gimmick pulls off. It looks like it's going to be more than one. Because I, I thought it was just going to be the one monster, right? The bear. Yes. Great point. And then, you know, I'm glad you brought but, that up. Yeah. Um, but it, it, because looks, it looks different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you, you actually brought that up because we see different forms, right, of yes. this um, evil that's uh, taken into this bear. Um, in, in the first trailer itself, we saw that the bear itself could kind of, you know, become a monster, like a monster bear, right? Right. And then we also saw in that first trailer um, uh, that, like, you know, you know, tall figure, like, of a man or something, you know, like a shadow in the dark behind the, the protagonist. And this one, we get more of the cool, imaginary teddy bear stuff, you know, like, gimmick yes. here, which is, like, exactly what I wanted to see, you know? I'm like... Dope. Like if we get this thing uh, a bit more animated, a bit more um, scary looking, like doing Chucky stuff, right? That'd be dope. Um, and so uh, I am excited to see what they got in store now. Okay, okay. I'm like, okay, cool. You got me. You got me. I'm there. You know. So let me know when the tickets go on sale. But yeah, I mean, uh, either yeah. either way, either way, it's a lock for us. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I I will definitely be there, folks. And uh, and, yeah. and so will Tex because uh, you know. I, I think it comes out what in March, right? Um, yeah, it's very soon. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very think, soon. Yeah, because yeah, March has a like Abigail and it has imaginary. So March is um, you know, it's a little stock. March up is going to be busy. It's it's yeah. looking like an interesting month. You know, we'll just yeah. say that. And speaking of interesting, folks, uh, next up in a future presentation. Welcome back, folks. And now for our future presentation. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. The one, the only, Lisa Frankenstein. Um, and just uh, before we get right into it, uh, from our scale text, pay for it, wait for it, stay away from it. What say you? Uh, so the buddies at home, uh, pay for it is on our scale is a go out, go out to see it, pay for it or pay for it as soon as it's available, you know, on like digital stuff like that. It's one of those. It's like, go see it right away. Wait for it is you can wait for it. You can wait for it to hit digital. You can wait for it to stream. You can, you can watch it at home and then stay away from it. Self-explanatory. Don't need to see it. Stay away uh, from that here, here, I think it's my first like full pay for it of the year. Like, and uh, uh, I, I mean, yep. the competition is not really fierce right now, but I feel like this is that first movie that has me going, you know what? This might be a good year for movies. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, yes, it's the um, first, it's like that sick. Like we got sick last year where I was yeah, like, we you got know sick what? super early too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's the same situation here where it's like, oh, we're getting a good one this early. So, yeah. you know, I hope I hope the disappointment isn't nearby. <laughs> yeah, um I also agree with you. It is a pay for it. This is um one of the first horror flicks I can actually recommend um and be like, "Hey, go watch this. Like go pay for it. Like go spend your money on here. Go bring your friends to it too. Go yeah. buy some popcorn. Like go spend your money at the theater today um, because this movie is worth it. It's worth it as well to watch it in a theatrical setting. It's not an epic kind of horror movie where, you know, where, you know, you need to see it on a big screen, but I think the big screen amplifies how cool and how fun this movie really, you know, you know, is. Um, and this is why I say, Go to the theater and go pay for it right now and then come back and listen to the rest of this stuff because we're going to spoil the hell out of this movie in a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, folks, go pay for it. Um, and I, again, 
I really, really, truly enjoyed this movie. Go check out my review on YouTube uh, on the Corpse Feed channel there uh, for Lisa Frankenstein where I break it down um, on the Corpse Feed rubric there. But um, I don't spoil stuff over there for you guys, but I spoil plenty of stuff over here for you guys. So yeah, I'm yeah, this fun is, talking about so, this text. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, this is the, the spoiler alert part of the podcast where, uh, so heads up, we're going into full details with Lisa Frankenstein. So if you, you know, if you want a spoiler free review, like Arturo said, please go watch Scare World, go get his thoughts there, spoiler free, you know, but here is your last chance to like hop off, yeah, you know, yeah, pause exactly. it, go yeah. check it out, come back, listen to us, and then come watch us. Cause here, here we go. Lisa yeah. Frankenstein. So yeah. this, this movie turned out a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I, I yes. will just say that, like, like straight up, like straight full up. full disclosure, right? Full disclosure, like you know, you and I when we talked about it, uh, I believe we talked about it during the trailer. We did. I don't know if we mentioned it during the preview because it was still fairly soon. Mm-hmm. So um, we it was it was one of those where like it looked interesting, and I, I remember us saying that hey, it looks to be like a unique movie. But also, you and I both know the danger, you especially, you and I both, like, you, you know the dangers of something that looks unique, and then when you get, like, you look at it, you're like, oh, man, (laughs) this went completely (laughs) south, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. All too well, Tex, all too well. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, And on top of that, too, um, I was um, a little um, hesitant and concerned about uh, Diablo Cody script, honestly, um, because- It could have gone either way. And honestly, I am very happy that it all came together the way it did. It's a great script. The dialogue is awesome. I really enjoyed the dialogue thoroughly throughout the entire movie. And it it, it fits so well within the scheme of the era, right, of the 80s. Right. Um, it, um, it's a movie set in the late 80s. Um, and um, it, uh, it the dialogue fits so well because... Um, that's how people spoke back in the day. A lot of, you know, political, politically incorrect, political incorrectness, right? Um, Yeah. Like it's, it's tough. It's a tough line to kind of skate, right? Cause like, especially these days too. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Cause it's like, you can't, you know, the, the thing about eighties movies is, you know, you, if you, you know, you watched them as a kid or whenever you did, if you're our age, you definitely saw a lot of them when you were a kid. And so, when you watch them as a kid, you're like, oh man, that's super funny. But then, you know, taste change and, yes. you know, comedy changes. And so when you look back and you're like, oh man, that's, that's outdated. You're like, oh, yeah. that, that stuff doesn't fly. Or you're like, oh, yeah, wow. Taste change, morality changes too, right? Tex? Yes. <laughs> yes. As, yeah. Like complete disclosure. Like that's something you, you know, that's part of the learning experience. Right. And so entertainment itself has changed. So when you get a movie that kind of throws you back into this, it's a fine line to skate. Cause it's like, it, it's not like this movie can go like the whole hog. But, like, to do enough to, like, get you back in that pocket without being fully, like, offensive or, like, 
without yes. being fully gross or disgusting. Yes, but that's still, such a great still point. say these things that feel like yeah. feel out of pocket. That feel like oh, that's that you're like oh, that seems like in poor taste, but it's not. And Lisa Frankenstein has so many of those little jokes that come out of nowhere that feel like eighty cents in that. You're like yeah. oh, is that you're like is that something you could actually joke about? But then but like it's it's also it's like so funny. You didn't you didn't know any better back then either. You know what yes, I mean? yes. So it, it works out perfectly. Like, uh, for instance, like right off the bat, we get a joke about uh, Elisa likes her men cerebral, right? Like, you know, like. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, the non jock types and, you know, the non athletic bodies. It's like, oh, you know, he's cerebral. And then her, her stepsister, you know, you know, confuses cerebral for And she goes, like, oh, he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, like she confuses as it like cerebral, cerebral palsy. palsy, you know. So and so like, it's like, yeah, it it's it's a quote unquote, it's an offensive joke. Yeah, but it's told in such a way where it's like it's no, it's not really offensive. It's it's making fun of that ignorance from back yeah. then. And so and then, like, and then also text. It's it's smartly done too, and then the way it's written, right? Because she doesn't outright say. You know, cerebral palsy. She just say, "Oh, yeah. he's in a wheelchair." You know, and then yeah. it's up to the audience to just make that connection. You know, yeah, um, which I, I think is really smart. Yeah, because it makes it so much funnier. Because yeah. it's it's when that <laughs> light bulb goes off, and you're like, "Oh, that's what she's." So, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about skating that line of like giving you that offensive '80s vibe without really <laughs> like needing to go full for it. Like it's no like. There's even like a, a race joke in here, but it's not like it's not a racist joke. It's just like something like uh, you know, once again, Taffy, the sister, uh, who once again, I I hope she pops up in other things because that actress, uh, I I will look her up in a second. But uh, yeah, she gets a joke where she's like, yeah, I called the the psychic hotline and it was a real Jamaican. It was a real state. Jamaican because we all yeah, folks, we all know. All right, we all know. Back in the day, you know, with the psychic hotlines and stuff like that it's it's a part of a zeitgeist too as well you know yes, so this is why it yeah. was this is why the script is so smart because as you mentioned too it um it kind of throttles that line right it, it doesn't really offend you watch an 80 uh, like a, a, an 80s movie now a movie made in the 80s and like you're like wow like that's offensive you know here yes. it's like it's like you get it you know because obviously we're in 2024 and this movie is made in 2024 actually 2023 you know what i mean but it, it was made for this year and um uh you get it you know and the jokes hit man like they hit and they're not offensive like like you're not gonna be like oh my god that's terrible i can't believe i'm gonna go complain about diablo cody now you know what i mean it's like yeah, she, she was really smart with the way she, she wrote everything yeah that's the other thing too like diablo cody has built up a reputation for herself as a writer to have these like salaciousness you know yeah and exaggerated <laughs> worlds and exaggerated characters with dialogue with people who don't sound like people yes. but here here it all works because it is all like exact like it's it's a fantasy movie like yep. it's so it is it is a horror movie so it uses the 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 genre of horror to like be exaggerated, be campy, right? Like it goes, yes, it goes for the absolutely. camp horror stuff, which is why, like, when I was watching it, you saw it before me. So, like, when I was watching, I'm like, oh no, how did we, like, I was like, how did Arturo react to this? Cause it gets, that's the other thing. It gets very campy. So I was definitely wondering how, like, what, what your take like, on all that stuff yeah, was. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, dude, it's funny. You, Cause I was, 
I think the same thing about uh, you watching, and I'm like, oh, yeah, because you know, you know, I have a higher yeah. tolerance for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but like, for instance, um, I love 80s horror, right? Um, there's a certain camp to it that makes it good. There's, and you have to be smart when uh, when you're making something like this, you know, like aching back to the 80s, whether you want to be, hey, are you, excuse me, do you want to add some camp to the movie or do you want to be a B movie? You know what I mean? Right. Um, there's an edge there and there's a fine line there that has to be, you know, walked. And this movie kind of falls in the same vein as a reanimator or as, um, as like it, it's um, kind of like any of like those it, funnier yeah. like horror movies from the eighties. Yeah, I was even thinking like Edward Scissorhands. I was getting that vibe because it, it yeah, is that's nineties, like, but yes, exactly, yes, like r- right, like uh, that it, same it has idea. That, yes, exactly. It has that same kind of like quirkiness to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's uh, and it works very well. Um, like Tex was saying, like the, there is a fine line here. Um, and I am not a fan of uh, of too much camp in a movie. I don't like B movies or anything like that. All that, all that excessive kind of like comedy at times in horror is is a big turnoff to me. Um, but I think the way this movie played out and the way horror was used in this movie was super smart um, because t- technically, right, like there wasn't many kills in this movie right yeah um, there's only like there's yeah. only two two kills i think and a third one maybe when when he when he throws the cop down the hole but that's also kind of just like it's played off in such a joking way i don't I, especially I don't in that kill. sequence right because in that sequence right. it's when he's like oh let's go sew this penis onto myself right <laughs> yeah yeah so that's okay so let's let's get into the story of it all yeah let's like, do it <laughs> just as Arturo was saying, it never forgets that it's a horror movie. Yeah. So the thing, the thing with this is, like, it's it's gothic romance. Like, it's it's kind of like in that vein of like tragic romance because she's falling in love with someone she can't have, and there, you know. Yeah. But also, she's not. He's kind of falling in love with her. She sees yeah. him as a friend. It's very like well done. But during all of this, it still like very much reminds you it's a horror movie. Like, yes, this is. A monster movie this is a creature yeah. that that lisa has brought to life you know that yeah yeah he's a yeah, handsome she befriended boy a monster she, <laughs> yeah like exactly like yeah she befriended a boy or whatever but he's very much a corpse who kills and, yes you know and my my thing with that is like uh, he kills you know big once again big spoilers for all this stuff he kills carla gugino's character who uh that was that was one of our flaws, shared flaws across the thing, where it's like... Yeah, her character dies rather early, unfortunately. Yeah, in, like... In the it, whole grand scheme of things. That's a thing where, you know, on the one hand, I praise it for how fast it gets there. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, the kills came fast, and then the inevitable fallout of those kills came even faster, which is what I appreciated. Because, you know, it kind of adds to the whole whirlwind tragic romance to the whole thing, right? Where it's like, Correct. you know... Yeah. but. Agreed. But even on top of that, like the the only issue with that is because it gets rid of the the evil mom character so early, you know. That's that's the only thing. Is yeah, like, um, and Gugino does a great job as that character. That's why it's it's such a shame to see her go down so early. It would have been cool to see her go down once she discovered what Lisa was up to. You know what I mean? Yeah, we um, needed one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah we needed one of those, like I knew it. I knew you were doing this because she was such you know a. 
a bitchy character and, and she did it such like she played it so well that it was this other antagonist that Lisa had to deal with aside from all the nonsense you know like outside of the home and um and Carla Gugino just like again sets the scene on fire every time she's in it and she just plays it so well and that's why it's such a shame because right when she had her committed to the you know the youth uh um, hospital yeah, you know, it was the yes. mental hospital because she was going crazy or whatever right then and there was when like she just got killed you know abruptly it was so abrupt too like yes it was cool because it was so abrupt i didn't expect that to happen right there and then but um i wish we had at least another maybe another scene especially a confrontation scene between herself and lisa that would have for sure solidified the mother as a legit threat as well as given um frankenstein a little bit more another scene to kind of kill something you know <laughs> yeah to, to yeah. be a monster that kills you know yeah and, exactly you know but the whole the whole thing is like then the movie's like well the the story's not about the killing itself but it's about lisa's reaction to it and how she changes and like yeah. you know so we see Catherine newton basically go through the sandy and grease thing where she's like becoming you know or or it's like the craft remember it's yeah, that vibe yeah, exactly of, like, going emo and going goth and like you know full on like you know i'm uh you know enjoying the murder essentially like, like and I'm dark just, and brood is you know I'm yeah yeah and so and we this get is, this whole this thing where <laughs> yeah yeah and like throughout the movie she steadily gets more goth and like it, it kind of i appreciate that it immediately falls apart like you know they immediately oh, yeah. catch on to the fact that she's murdered like because she murders a classmate who like tried to assault her you know or you know, we'll, we'll bleep that out, but, uh, we, you know, she tried, they tried to do stuff to her, and so she ends up killing him in revenge. Cool thing, right? So at least, at least the people who get killed, they, they, they've, they've done bad things. And so, you know, point is, like, that all falls apart immediately. Like, they figure out that the kid's missing, and they figure out that she's basically killing people. And so then you get to the third act, where, like, you know, it basically goes whole hog, like, quite, I mean, pun intended, you know, uh, she's, you know, the monster and her, like, with the boy she likes, they, they chop off his, they chop off his member, it goes flying, and then it starts getting super wacky and super, but at the same time, for as much, like, as wacky as it gets, it never quite, like, ruins anything for me. No, right? it doesn't. Like, cause, like cause it all feels like it's, it's all a very cohesive. on brand, right? Yeah, yeah it's it very on like brand. Is, yeah. It's part of, it's part of the gimmick. It's part of the universe. Um, especially too, like, one big thing we haven't, uh, uh said is that, uh, she kind of, like, Every time a body part gets sewn in, he has to go into this tanning bed to kind of bake the part together, you know, like onto the body. And he becomes yeah. more, you know, more of a man and more human um, which is, um, of every time he gets baked in the, you know, in the in the tanning bed, which I thought was a, a great, a great freaking gimmick, man. That was awesome. That's, that's a cool Frankenstein monster idea, right? Like yeah, the, yeah. that that the creature would become more of like their old self, like the more that they get cooked in the electricity or whatever. But like, yeah, it's great. I'm and like, I, yeah, like, I'm it's also a great way. It it's a great way to kind of tie it into the whole Frankenstein story itself. You know, the, you know the whole you know crazy lab, you know scientists and all that stuff with. With Dr. Frankenstein and, and the tower and stuff and the electricity and all that stuff. So I thought it was a great job adding that 
as a piece to this whole puzzle, especially because it was it, it was it was a natural piece of the puzzle already when Taffy already had the tanning bed she won because she was, you know, she won a Miss Tropic, a Miss Hawaiian Tropic, uh, you know, beauty pageant contest or whatever. Yeah. So that tanning bed was already there. You know, it wasn't like Lisa had to go find, uh, you know, um, an abandoned warehouse and, you know, bring this thing to life. You know, it was right, right in the back, right in the garage behind the house, you know. So I really enjoyed how that was you know, thrown in as a, uh, as part of the story. And it was a great homage to the, um, original Mary Shelley, um, uh, novel. I thought they did a great job with that. Yeah. yeah Cody like, did a great job adapting that story into hers, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, you know, Diablo Cody gets a bunch of the credit for the script, but, uh, Zelda Williams, uh, yes. directorial debut. I'm, I'm definitely interested in what she does next. Like yeah. the thing, the thing about this movie, it's, I don't think it would have held up without good direction, right? Because you can have you can have a good script, you can have good actors, you can have an interesting story, but it falls apart if someone doesn't know how to tie it all together. And especially yeah, one thousand percent, yeah, especially a movie like this, right, where it's like it's walking such a fine line, like and it's so campy, but yet it's so like full of that romance, it's so full of that horror, it never loses sight of itself, like yeah. and so and there's a lot of like interesting visuals, there are kooky practicals like i like i like the way the main graveyard is set up for example right where it's like it looks just fake enough right to yes, be like yeah. oh yeah like this is you know a little fantasy kind of graveyard kind of thing right but also like, real like, enough to be like oh it is an abandoned uh you know graveyard yeah yeah like it's not it's not like too off the wall but it's also not too like yeah too not real so it's not like, christian uh, right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah stuff like that, that like as the was like, design it's not christian to leave a, a graveyard like that <laughs> yeah like the design of this movie too it, yeah it's very 80s but like you know it i don't know it looks good like it's, yeah, it's very it's colorful like, uh, it's vibrant yeah. um everything pops everything looks like it it's it's an 80s movie they did a great job of bringing that that vibe and that zeitgeist from back in the day into this movie. And that's hard to do. And that's where the director um, comes into play. And I think uh, Zelda Williams did a fantastic job with the entire project. Like you said, like this could have gone south pretty quickly, honestly, because of the, of how crazy the script is, right? Because yeah. of, uh, um, of what you're dealing with and all the elements involved. And I think um, she, you know, kept it super focused Um uh, surprisingly everything was very linear very kind of cohesive and, and paced very well yeah um that's the thing too there yeah. are no like big tangents there are no like no the movie's the edited story. very well yeah. And, and, like, yeah no fluff added to it um there's this one black and white scene that was done awesomely like it was like this dream sequence that lisa had um and it shows you the talent that does uh, uh that zelda williams has that she's able to work with that kind of different technique as well on film to kind of showcase the character more, right? Because like it showed how yeah. she was feeling and what she would, you know, and what she wanted and, and stuff like that. And it looked great. I, I loved the needle drop there as well. Um, this entire movie had good music. If you're a fan of 80s stuff, you, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, yeah, well. yeah, cause, cause 80s isn't in right now. So like doing an 80s movie is, you know, a, a fun, like it feels unique now, right? Yeah. And, and so I, I think... Wrapping my end of the things up, um, you know, good cast, like Catherine Newton, obvious standout. We've, we've talked about her many She's times great, before, man. where like, She's really she clearly, good. 
she she just understands it. Like she just understands horror and what she needs to do and like you know and it's clear that it's not just horror either it's like you know i don't know man like it's tough because she also gets this 80s vibe which is very right like because yeah because like watching this i was reminded of like like heathers where heathers it's a different kind of movie because it's not really like they made sure that it wasn't distinctly 80s you know when you watch heathers now you're like oh okay that's 80s ish fashion but they dressed in a way to where it's like it doesn't lock them in and the lingo is not really 80s it's its own thing but the reason i bring it up is because heathers had a way of doing this exaggerated stuff but yet still feel grounded like and Heather's like Christian Slater blows up, you know, he, he gets bombed and like, that's a whole thing in the movie. Like people forget the bomb plot, you know, but you know, it also had these lines that were also out of pocket, but didn't really feel offensive. Like I love my dead gay son. Like it's like, it's, it's one of those things where like Lisa Frankenstein has that vibe of like, it does all these things and it's like, it's balanced so well. And it yeah, feels, man. Agreed. It feels unique. It's got this energy to it. Like throughout that, like, I'm just impressed. Like, I'm honestly, telling you, man, like, like, like I wasn't it expecting wholeheartedly, it. it wholeheartedly captures that vibe and the essence of, uh, of the eighties, man, which is hard to do. Um, even for even for some eighties movies, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, like this one, these women set out with a goal. They were like, "We want to make this kind of movie and to have this kind of look and feel," and it was accomplished like one hundred percent, way better than we we both um, thought could actually yeah. you know come out. Um, I didn't expect this movie to be this good, to be this funny, um, to be like LOL funny, you know, like, yeah, like I was legitimately like, like I was laughing funny. Yeah. yeah like actually I, laughing yeah. funny. I was laughing that, in theaters, man. Um, it's been a while since I've laughed in theaters like that. And, and like, consistent laughter too you know they're like they get you with the beats over and over again like the comedy comes in waves and i think uh it's timed very well um with uh the horror action stuff and the comedy stuff and then the the coming of age stuff for lisa you know and then uh i think everything was just tied up very neatly in a nice little package you know everything turned out extremely uh, probably honestly it probably turned out way better than they anticipated too yeah, because like, um, you know, like, you know, like, also- like, 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 yeah, like it's one thing to have confidence in, a, you know, like in your project and stuff like that, but like to actually see at the end of the editing process what you have there, and you're like, holy crap you know what yeah, i mean yeah like it damn we got a movie romance here you know? in it. it's got yes. the young romance in it it's got a doom ending like which is like horror like yeah like horror yes. 101 for me is like give your characters a doomed ending and i am in so like here it technically has a doom ending like i i won't spoil that because that is part of like the romance and all that stuff so like i Man, like, I am surprised. I know, I know there are some out there who don't dig it. Like, I guess it's like, you know, if you're so anti just the names attached, right? If you're so anti Diablo Cody, you're not gonna, you're gonna go in not liking it, right? But yeah, um, I think but- if you, you keep an open mind, you go check it out and like, just, I don't know, man, it's, it's that's why I think it's a pay for it. Like, it's legit just a fun movie. And yeah, like, I don't know what uh, the majority of these critics saw um, because it wasn't the same movie. Um, they called it uninteresting. Um, they bashed uh, the direction of the movie, saying that it yeah, wasn't which is, put together well, which is like, what are you talking? Like, you're just hating. 
now. Like you're absolutely just hating just to hate. Um, yeah, and- like those are the vibes it gives off because it's definitely like it's it's like even just like made it's competent like it's just base level like it's a competently made movie like see saying that it's not well directed or anything like that that's just completely outside Oops. of like what yeah like you know like you know i've been doing corpus since 2016 wow right, right? like almost 10 years yeah. now right like i have seen a lot of garbage folks yeah a lot of garbage right <laughs> seen so much people streaming garbage as well as theatrical garbage all right this movie is not even like it doesn't even come close to, to even talk about this movie in the same sentence is very very disrespectful because as text mentioned the competency to execute what was you know um shown like you need to know what you're doing writing wise direction wise editing wise casting wise the cast was pretty decent as well um yeah. you know taffy was great a uh, cole sprouse freaking julian frankenstein from big daddy right <laughs> yeah. um yeah like he shows up here and i thought he was pretty decent as well as the monster like i didn't know what to expect from the monster and i thought he you know kind of did a good job as well so it's like you know you had all these elements that as we mentioned before in the wrong hands could have been absolutely terrible and could have deserved the Rotten Tomato score, folks, of like 50-something or whatever it is. But this wasn't the case here. Um, right. And I tell you guys out there, you guys are smart. You guys are an intelligent audience out there that know what you guys like. Go out there and check this one out. Don't listen to these reviews out there because they, like, it's it's all gobbledygook. It's nonsense. Um, and I don't understand what movie they saw. So take it from us that we saw the movie. I saw it twice. I went, I went with my wife several days after, right? And she enjoyed it as well. She she loved it. Um, and again, it's the the audience. I saw it um, on that day. It was different. It was a different audience. It was an older audience. It were like senior citizens in the audience. They were laughing. They were they were enjoying the movie. Enjoying the movie. They were laughing to, at all the parts I was laughing at. You know what I mean? And that's hard. That's difficult to do, folks. To have people laugh at the same beats, you know, that's it's hard because comedy yeah. is so yeah. subjective that it's hard to kind of find the funny bone all the time. But this movie does it, honestly. And I don't say that much, you know what I mean? Especially when it comes to comedy and horror. Um, I kind of stay away from that kind of stuff. But this one, folks, run right towards it. Go pay for this thing, folks. Go pay for it. Um, and before we leave you, I do recommend the original uh, Frankenstein, go watch that. It's on Max. It's on a bunch of streaming places. And then go watch Brighter Frankenstein after that as well. Um, it's just as good as Frankenstein and uh, and just as better um, put together. I think uh, Brighter Frankenstein is is has a better story as well, like for a movie. So folks, go to the movies, go watch Lisa Frankenstein, <laughs> right? Um, and don't listen to those haters out there, folks, because there's plenty. And that's a wrap. This was episode 180 of The Morgue, an official Core Street podcast. I am Arturo Padilla, the guy behind the face. And with me always is Mr. Nick Valdez. A big shout out goes to Mr. Del Varis for all the awesome artwork you see in front of you and all the artwork he's provided um, for us throughout the years. A big shout out goes to you guys for listening. We have 179 of these things anywhere you get your podcast, folks. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, anywhere over 
over there. You can catch this show drop um, every Tuesday. It's going to be dropping, folks, at 3 o'clock now. Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, right? You're going to catch this show 3 o'clock on YouTube live, folks. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And tell your buddies to go like, subscribe, and share. You can also catch Scary World, which is the, the horror review show that Corpse Feet has on YouTube as well. Go like, subscribe, and share that. Go check out Corpse Feet and the Morgue on all the social feeds. Go like, subscribe, and share those as well. And folks, remember, most importantly, it's a scary world out there, but we are here to walk you through it.